I see Freedom Tower out of my window. Hey, hey, George, quiet, please. Um, <laughs> uh, this is Neil Brennan. You know me. We're guys. We have. We're a very popular podcast, no doubt. We've I'm in the same room most, as Neil. Yeah. You, oh, Moshe's back with I'm me. Here. We're we're we've had our most advertisers ever. And let's start off with today. It's brought to you by Harry's. Harry's, man. I Visit love Visit Harry's. harrys.com. Use the promo, the champs, to save $5, $5. off your first purchase. You got this, right? Like, Didn't you get Harry's? I got Harry's. I'm a dude who, who I need to shave at least, at least twice a week. I'm a Harry dude. And they didn't name the company after me, but I did appreciate twice. A, you could probably shave twice a day, couldn't you? No, on, no, I'm not. You'd be I'm on, not the, on that. I thought you was on your Team Wolf shit. No, no, I uh, no, uh, uh-uh, but I can dunk. Uh, <laughs> what these guys will do is they send you really good shaving cream, uh, some razors, some uh, handcrafted razors that they made themselves, that they designed. It's all engineered. They're, it's a it's a cool little silver, you know, uh, uh, handled shaving cr- razor situation. It's all uh, the whole kit. And they, they'll send you once a month or whatever you want. They'll send you more razors and, and more shaving cream. It basically makes it so you don't have to go to the CVS anymore. Ask that little Filipino lady to open up that little thing with the it's key. The, and you I just had wait. to do that for this. I had to go to Radio Shack and then I have to get some, some goofball Nobody to unlock some shit for some... Nobody Come wants on. that. They look at you like you're, you're the pervert because you want razors. They think you're shaving somebody's pussy or something like that. But you're not doing that. You're shaving your face. Right. Right? Yeah. Do you disagree with my, the bit that I just tried to do? It doesn't matter. Here's the thing. It's not about bits. It's about clean product design. Shit was made in Germany, these, yeah, these man. blades. Nothing bad has ever come out of Germany. And as a Jew, I feel particularly <laughs> qualified to say that. These blades are half the price of their competitors, like the Gillette. Um, those cost like a million dollars. This is a cow. complete tangent that has nothing to do with Harry's. I was just in Ireland. Yeah. Ireland did not participate in World War II. They were, uh, they didn't, they were, they, they were, were drunk. I think it's no, the they were just like, for. we have no opinion. Like you guys figured this out. It's like, so you had 6 million people and you're like, man, ah, the fence about that. Like, we'll see which way. And secondly, when Hitler killed himself, the head of Ireland sent a condolence letter to the head of Germany. Uh, That's how fucked up Ireland is. Go on, Harry's. But Harry's had nothing to do with any of that. All they want is for you to get a, a clean, quality shave at a fraction of the price with razors shipped to your door. The look and feel of the product are super high quality. Uh, it's cheap. It's good quality. And you can get it for cheaper than even it's advertised at by going to harrys.com and entering the promo code THECHAMPS, and you'll get $5 off your first purchase. It's worth it as a person This is good, actually, and then they'll refill it whenever you want. Yeah, they'll better. send you new you razors. Don't have to deal with, you're going to have to... It, you know when you have, like, if you can wait three days do it here's like, the thing if you go on to amazon and you order your all your uh, drugstore needs there amazon is a pernicious beast they just patented pictures on white pictures. backgrounds straight is that up. true yeah they're trying to put all little businesses out of business so with this one product you can stick it to the man and get yourself some brand new fresh razors and you've Harry's. done it and it works it works it's the best i got them i'm for real legit i like the product Right, I good. like the product. Because a lot of these products we advertise, guys. I've never gone to Pro Flowers, but I've gone to harrys.com. I've entered the product code, the champs, because they don't know that it's me, so I still save the $5. Yeah. It's real good stuff. Sometimes you'll go incognito. It's just a regular <laughs> guy <laughs> on the internet. You'll just go, George Wallace is looking at us like, what the hell are y'all doing? This, this is, is the longest sell. commercial Oh, I've tell us about it. Tell, Harry, this will be edited. <laughs> this must be a great, a great product. Let you can't you believe something. it. Or, or we're very bad at doing commercials. Or you Oh, you're good because you used a word I never heard before. Very pernicious. Is that what you said? Is that what I said? Did you, yeah, you, 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 you go to Columbia? About Amazon. Where'd you go? 
Oh, I, I went to UC Santa Barbara. Oh, you went to UC Santa Barbara. I oh, shouldn't even bring that up right now. No, that's not even. That's, don't, not, that's even not even funny right now. Encana dictionary. That word's not even in the Encana dictionary. <laughs> Every word is in the Encana. Uh, you know what's funny cool. about this commercial? You could have still going. You could have shaved twice in By the time, the time. This for is us true. to do But this Harry's thing. must be a great product, as you said. You did your research all the way from Germany, and you know what? If, if they will fly it in for you. Yes, they will fly Thank it you. in from it. That's George Wallace started in advertising. Look it up, Wikipedia. This motherfucker. Let's. Start. Are you ready to start, motion? I'm ready to start by I'm not, telling us I'm the not finished talking about how great Harry's is. <laughs> Harry, let me tell you something. Listen, let me tell you something about Harry. Harry, this product is so great, it, it has allowed him to profit. Harry yes. himself. Harry himself. You think, dude, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you now, okay? No, you would never Harry's, do that. Harry's, the shaving products were so good, he actually opened up a shoe store up on Broadway. Right. It's called Harry's on Broadway. I swear to God, no a doubt. lot of Jews go in there. No Jews or a lot? Not a lot. No, okay. Uh-huh. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's on Broadway, not Fifth Literally Avenue. Literally pointing at motion. <laughs> not Fifth Avenue. It's on Broadway, not Fifth Avenue. I don't know if you, you know didn't this. even know about that, did you? No, I didn't know that. But did you? They know don't this? like Jews on Fifth Avenue. Did you not know that? No, is that real? In the, in the Living District, yeah. In the old days, yeah. We'll get they used to, to, they had to go on yeah. Madison. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's Madison like they don't Avenue like was literally people. a carriage street where it was for Jews only. All Guys, right, all right, let's do. Uh, now we'll transition into some dates. Harrys.com. Harrys.com. Go champs. there, Harrys.com, uh, and promo code uh, the champs. You'll get five dollars off. All right, let's do some dates. I have no dates. I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna be in Bonnaroo to cancel that. Sorry. Oh snap! And I will be in Ireland. I forgot about in Dublin at the festival. You're going and, back uh, to Ireland. Yeah, I got to go back in like six weeks. Uh, is and the show I'm doing on Sundance is called The Approval Matrix, and it begins July 20th. Moshe, uh, it's me, Moshe. Hi, everybody. I'll be at the uh, Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival uh, on a boat in the sea, July 25th through the 27th, with some other notables like Natasha Leggero, Kyle Kinane, W. Kamau Bell. You can go to boatparty.biz and find out all about that. I'll also be at the Arlington Draft House in the Washington, D.C. area. Good room. August 8th and 9th. And, uh, and then I'm going to be actually on, I'm going to be on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR on September the 11th. It'll be the second most significant thing ever to happen on that auspicious date. Uh, George, do you have any dates coming up? Ladies and gentlemen, this is George Wallace. All of the dates that these guys are doing, I've done already, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually have just a few dates on the books. I, my dates are, I'm working for the Pentagon now. So my dates are like in uh, Singapore, my date, and my dates are in, um, uh, in Guam. And I'm are you doing USO to tours? Pen- no, it's not USO tour. I work for the Pentagon. That's straight up the Pentagon. Clear, straight up Pentagon. I did not know the USO has nothing to do with the armed forces. That's a private organization. Did you know that? Uh, I kind of did I know did that. I did not know that, but I work for the uh, Pentagon. So you don't fuck with USO. You only you go straight to the Pentagon. Go you go straight to, to the, the suits. To the to the suits, and uh, I just you know they've taken me everywhere from South Korea to even North Korea. Believe it or not, they took for me real. Yeah, I heard I, the crowds are amazing. They have to be amazing. Now these law. are not jokes Isn't we're doing. Right? Okay, we're not doing jokes. Oh, I'm I was sorry. not in North okay, Korea. Did they North think Korea? that you were Dennis Rodman? Hell no! Look at me. I don't have all those rings. What happened to Dennis Rodman? He's got hooks and things. Yeah. I think he was just driving by Bass Pro Fishing Shop and said, "Hook me up with some shit like that." <laughs> I'll take one of everything. This is the kind of magic you're about to listen to in this upcoming hour. George Wallace has been caught. reaching into his wallet for as I'm long as our Harry's gun, commercial dude. was. I'm looking for a gun. We're just talking Good about God. North Korea. I'm going to show you a picture of me in North Korea with plenty of. You know, this is radio. Here. Go ahead. Listen, I am so good. I'm like Muhammad Ali. People can see me on the radio. I'm the greatest of all time. With that thought. This podcast. Yes, with, with that, that thought. thought let we'll us be right begin. Back. We'll be right back. We'll start the episode right now.
Guess we have Neil Brennan and Moshe Kasher back in the same room, back in the same city. We're in New York City. I feel amazing. I got a hotel room. It is, it is comically small. Yeah, they're if you really, could see where the hotel, are you saying? Oh, he's Hudson. The, the Jane Hotel at the Jane. It's an old sailor's hotel. Is that it's right? Literally, it is the smallest hotel room I have. You ever know what's great about the Jane there. Hotel? If a girl, if you meet a girl that's staying there, the likelihood of her sleeping with you go up just so she doesn't have to stay at the Jane Hotel. And that's the truth. She can't not. If you bring her to your room at the Jane Hotel, she physically can't not sleep. With you. I, I'm By not entering the room together. The right. You're inside of and her. If you stay at the Hudson, which has smaller rooms, you cannot have a sexual res- relationship. Because if you become firm erect, you cannot turn you have to off the windows. You have to upgrade. This is true. <laughs> you if you fear that you're getting suite. an erection, you have to call down to the front desk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy, our guest today, a where do we begin? We, a lot of people get called a legend. People don't call the, people a legend. That means you're just old. That's, what, that's exactly well, what I work 38 years. <laughs> 38 years I've been doing comedy, so yeah, I'm old. Okay, it's so George Wallace, uh, here's the thing I love about George Wallace. There's some, where do we begin? He's a guy that is thinking. You be, be thinking. thinking. Be, be thinking. thinking. Uh, he also a lot of uh, a lot of guys that have been doing comedy thirty eight years uh, eschew uh, uh, technology. They look down upon Twitter, Facebook. They resent it. You saw that it could be good, Legit and you immediately funny on engaged on Twitter, and you are You're one good. of my favorites. Not immediately. I just it took me a few uh, days to get involved, but I see things are changing. You got to become. You got to change with the times. If you yeah. don't, you're going to be just left out. Yeah. So I had to do that, and I enjoy it. And uh, it's just uh, I like saying stupid shit anyway. So <laughs> I can't do a better place than here. No, you tweet. You know, today you... I tweeted. What did I do? I went to Burlington Coat Factory and I bought a shirt. I didn't know they sold shirts at the Burlington Coat Factory, but I went in there. See things. Look, yeah, you look, said look like actually that. the joke was better than that. It was well, I, I give I, it up for Burlington. Uh, what do you say? What's your for formula? Give opening, it up. Oh, for being open during the summer as well. You do read, don't you? I sure do. I'm a fan. No, sir. you tweet like a younger man who's been doing comedy only 28 years. That's yes, how. You tweet like a man current. who's only who's only in his early 60s. They tell me that. And, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was Neil, not me. Neil will sneak a joke in like that, right? <laughs> He's a real dickhead. Well, I'm a real asshole. asshole. I've been working with matter. him for two plus years now. You think, uh, my self-esteem is at rock uh, bottom. So that's my... That's, that's that's uh, I like that name. That's the yeah. name you're in. <laughs> okay. You want to do so, something crazy? No emotion. You want to do something crazy? Walk down the street one day. Like when we leave here tonight, let's just walk down 8th Avenue. And you know, there's a crowd of people right in Madison Square Garden, all right? I swear to God to you, I'm, we're just going to yell out, Hey, asshole! And I guarantee you, twenty people turn around. And go, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, you are exactly right. Everybody wants to be an asshole. <laughs> All right, so not everybody wants to be an asshole. I've been leading the way. Yeah. All right, so George, yes. you are from Chicago, correct? No, I did radio in Chicago. Just because my, you know what? You he reads my telephone number. It says three one two. And so when cell phones became popular when they came out, I was doing radio in New York City. I mean, in Chicago. And so that's why I have the, and I don't like changing numbers because it doesn't matter now. You can live across the street and have a different area code now. But didn't you start comedy in Chicago or no? No, I started right here at New York City. Oh, that is correct. a Jewish boy named Jerry Seinfeld at Catch a Rising Star. That is on First correct. Avenue. Tell us about those days 
Yeah, how'd you get started? I got started, well, you know, before I became a comedian, I was like a vice president of the world's largest outdoor advertising agency here in New York City. Everything, most of you don't know this, but everything at Times Square, all of the billboards, the spectaculars, all the 5,000 buses in New York City, the 10 top markets in America, I'm vice president of that. No, I was basically selling ads on the buses. How long did it take you to, like, rise to the ranks there? Well, two years. That's it. I was a little black kid, and this was a Jewish world, and it still is today. Oh, tell me it about it, brother. Today. I hear For you. For me to be able to get into Can't trust this him. industry, would you say? Can't trust him. <laughs> the blacks <laughs> or the Jews? The joke. The Either joke. one. You know, the it works both ways. Trust me. Trust him. Trust me. Now, me on the other end. Now, me, my friend. Listen, I, I, I got out of college in the University of Akron. By the way, LeBron James is my son. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> now, listen, I got out of college, and I needed to make a lot of money to become a, a comedian, all right? Did you? What's the plan to become a comedian? Since six years old. Wow. So in in your off time while you weren't doing that, you just became the vice president of the largest outdoor. He knew he needed money, so he needed to have to be vice president. There's something wrong with you, Moshe. I had to work. (laughs) Let me tell you something. They taught me what happened was that all this advertising in New York City, there was no local representative out in Brooklyn, out in Queens uh, for the buses and things. So we were creating a new market. First of all, let me tell the truth. I sold rags out of college, real rags. Which was another Jewish that was a, that was like a thing. People used to collect rags and like cans, right? Like that was a business. No, what we did, we sold rags. They still sell rags today. You'd be surprised how many people need rags, how much money can make. Every auto mechanic needs a rag. Every You're restaurant right. needs a rag. You know what? Every, well, you know what rag? Every lady is? needs a rag. Am, am I right? right oh, come on. That's a whole different story. Uh, yeah, you know what rag gets uh, under? Is that rag at Starbucks that they used to wipe down the the? Don't the do it like cabinet. that. He's, He's making a really erotic. That, that, hand no, they motion have right a rag now. behind at the cappuccino machine, and they wipe it down the sure. milk steamer thing, and they just—it's one rag, and it's like you guys need to have a better. System than just Let a me rag. tell you something now. Thirty-nine years ago, forty years ago, I sold a cloth called. We call it. Uh, it was a forty-two hundred one, but it was the ShamWow back in the day. Oh yeah, it was a ShamWow back in the day. I went to uh, in Brooklyn. I went to Earl Scheib. You know the car yeah, painting. Sure. I sold this rag, and I could sell it at any price I wanted to. I got fifty percent over cost. I sold this rag. I made three thousand dollars in one day to one organization, Earl Scheib. This thing went world, went national, and the company was called Cleveland Cotton Products, and they took the black kid off their Right. Account. They were like... Because they're not going to let this little young kid make $30,000 a day all over America with that kind of... So, right, right. And, you know, and, and I look back, so yeah, that's what I would have done if I was in charge of the company. No, too. they were like, it'd be bad for our image of a black man representing it, so what we're no, going to do is get a white, man, guy a, that beats up, oh, the white guy that beats up prostitutes so that we can kind of spiff up our image. Well, no, these guys yeah. were, these guys, <laughs> Cleveland Cotton Products, but they did take me off the account. And I didn't know what was going on in there. You don't know what's going on, you know. So I would have made like, but I made seventy five thousand dollars. Like my, when I started coming, I was making like seventy five thousand dollars back in nineteen seventy six when I started. And but uh, so I was so I sold the rags, and then I said uh, I sold rags to New York City bus company, and I was talking to a friend, and they said, "How much money do guys make selling that advertisement on the bus?" So they said like fifty, sixty, seventy five. Says when I get back to New York, I was at Ammonia Square in Athens, Greece, and I was talking to a friend. And they said, uh, yeah, they make like 70 bucks. I said, when I get back, I'm going to work for the bus company, Metro Media. Now, when you started mm-hmm. making more money, did you see the dream of comedy start to shrink the more money that you made? Or was it always just as important? No, it's always been comedy, comedy, comedy. You can't. So you were actually doing, saving money to start doing stand-up. Yeah. And you know, it's just like saving money. And it's like when you want to be a comedian, you, you can't want to be a comedian. In your head, it's got to be a comedian. You can't want to be a comedian. Yeah. got to be. That's all it is. I don't, money meant nothing to me. People say, you're crazy. 
You're making seventy five thousand dollars. You're back in nineteen seventy six. Yeah, a little, little black kid like me. So you're crazy. I said, next year I'll be making a hundred. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go over into comedy and I'm going to do what I want to do. So I saved up my money. I think I saved up like four hundred dollars and I moved to California. So, so Seinfeld and I drove out to California and uh, you guys drove together. Drove together. What year? Seventy. Nineteen seventy six. I had a brand new seventy six Lincoln that he hated. And uh, we got it. You know, back in the day when they had the, they called it CB. What was the thing? <laughs> break one nine. Break right. one nine. Remember that? He was so tired of that, and they were scolching. And that was the pilot for comedians and cars getting coffee, uh, correct? Must have been. What I, I was going to say was it must have been difficult to do a whole cross country trip because he must have continually asking you what was the deal with this, what's the deal with that, what's the deal with Mount Rushmore, what's the deal with he, Santa Fe, now did New Jerry Mexico? not? He claims he didn't start. What's the deal? <laughs> he, he, really? he actually says like I did not start. What's he, the what deal? happened? It just moved into it. It just it just grew into that. What's the deal? He didn't start that. No. That's just something people picked up on. Now, you guys start in what year? 1976. I'm going to tell you one And you time. moved? You no, moved but no, no, no. You, you didn't started? move and start in the same year, sir. Listen, I start. Yes, I did. That's the problem. When did I Jerry started, start? Jerry started in June of 1976. I started in June 1976. And I was so good that I moved. I thought I was good. I moved to... Uh, California. But January. what about all that shit about Jerry and you and, and Larry Miller walking around the city with nothing to do and Jerry ho- running the open mic at the, at the strip? He did that, but I was gone by then. I was only in New York six months doing So comedy. he didn't go. He, he Okay, so he drove with you, but he didn't stay in L.A. No, he stayed. He came back. Oh, all right. And he was here for another two he years. He was out. He came to Los Angeles. Or did he, did he go? Did he think he was going to move He went with to you? drive with me. Just to drive me out. He wasn't moving out. I was moving out. That's He's my best friend. Helped me drive out. Oh, of course it is. You know, we still do everything together today. I'm, I was the best man in his wedding. I'm the, I'm the father of his kids. All of that. You're stuff. the father of his children. <laughs> oh wow, that is nice of you. That is real friendship. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, if you ever want, if you ever fall in love and want kids, and you want, you call me up. I'll, I would. I was going to call George. You guys but, best friends, so you know. You well, can, well, well, you your worst enemy's best friends. You could do it like for, that. That's real good friends. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now you were all right. So you moved out. I've seen the headshot. You're the from '76. The one. Have you seen George's headshot at the comedy oh, store? No, that's not cool, dude. He's, <laughs> <laughs> it's your headshot. He's cool. got the Reverend. You're holding a book. I'm holding a book. No, it's not a book. It's the Yellow Pages. Uh-huh. That was my Bible back then. Whatever you want, look it up in the book. I was called the Reverend George Wallace, and I had a um, the Bible. That was my Bible, and I had on a. What do you call it? Hi. What a Jewish. Hi. I was whatever you, whatever you needed. That's what I was. At the sure. Time. And uh, and I would go on stage and I would do jokes. Some jokes would be stock jokes because I was just I didn't even know who I was. You know, when you first start, yeah. you have to learn a style of who you are, and um, that's just what I did. And I was really good at it. You and were so were were you you were always funny. Would you tell? Was that how, what helped you with? I was so good. I was selling advertising in New York City. I was selling advertising. The comic strip had just opened. And I went out and said, let me put these people on the bus. Put them on the back of the bus. Eat, drink, and be merry on the back of the bus. They bought it. And as I was walking out, I said, by the way, I do a little comedy act, too. And I was just, I didn't have an act, but I said, I do a little comedy act. Right. And sure enough, they said, well, why don't you come back tomorrow night? And that, which was on a Wednesday. and went back on a Thursday. And I've been on stage ever since then. Do you remember the first joke you ever told? I used to do a joke, man. I did a joke was so terrible once. I said we were so poor we had a dog and a cat. We used to have them make sex. Uh, I had the dog and a cat uh, having sex. We used to do that, you know. And, and one day the cat delivered and nobody knew what. It was so ugly nobody knew what to call it. And I said, well, why don't we take the D from dog and the C from cat and call it a D-A-T. So when everybody would come over, everybody would go, what's that? 
<laughs> I thought that was funny back in the day. And that's, what's that? It's funnier now than it was back then. What's Did that? it work at all? I don't know. I don't remember. That's you funny, must have man. been good, or, or you wouldn't have had the bravado. Although you seem like a man possessed with supreme self confidence. Well, what, that's the, the most important thing you got to do when you go on stage. First of all, you got to have confidence that you're gonna. You know, it's kind of like now. I went on stage last week with Sarah Silverman and, 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 and Natasha, and uh, we just all did new jokes. And I'm the type of guy that takes me today. I'm very nervous. I don't have my yellow pad with me. I usually right. have a legal pad with me. And I did the jokes, and, and most of the jokes worked. That's not good for me. I like to do a joke that, you know, I did a joke, work joke, work real good. Well, why don't real you always good. keep that dat joke in the pocket? Right. He could always bust out dat. Well, I like, if you don't laugh, if you didn't laugh at that, you'll love that. Yeah, you'll love that. You didn't love this. Where do you get a load so of that? I had to bring, I forgot what joke it was. I did bring it out just so I could get it because it's, it's better when, for me, it's better if I have a joke that doesn't work. I really love a joke that doesn't yeah, work well. it's funny. So I can go, needs work. Right. And give you something to work on. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did that joke, and I did, I don't know what else I did, but it was just, uh, I did a joke about the smallest book in the world. Just take off things, jokes I heard before, you know, uh, blacks you meet while selling, little things like that. Uh, I was trying to make up the little things. and. uh, But all right, so you have supreme self-confidence, but at the same time, you refer to yourself as as a young black kid. Yeah. Which I still think you believe in some way. Even though you're six four, you know, you know what? I think I was thinking about that today because um, I'm older than you guys are, way older. Yeah, but I don't know that in my head. I was thinking about that today. I don't know that I'm not. I'm on stage with the kids last with Sarah and all of the young kids last week, and I'm going like, I don't know that I'm older than they are. I'm the same way though. Like I don't. I'm forty allegedly. I don't oh. feel like it. I also feel like if you if if like you're in a new phase of your life now. Yes. You got the the Vegas shows done, so you feel like I'm 22. Well, I'm very successful. I was very successful in Las Vegas. Yeah. Now he just asked me, "Am I doing a set tonight?" Well, that bothered me dearly. So Moshe asked, just even Moshe, putting just, that seed into your head. No, you, because I love I love doing that. It doesn't, you know. It's just uh, that's just me. I'm in New York City. When I live in New York City, I'm thinking, dude, I did seven sets tonight. Yeah. And I still think I'm the same guy. Yeah. And uh, you are. Uh, yeah, it's something about comedy. Then comedy is uh, 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 laughter is healing. Laughter yeah. is uh, it's so great to be able to get up and do that, especially for uh, the guys that love it. I mean, there are some comedians out there, and there's some comics. I don't know which one is different, but comedians just love to go on stage, no matter what. That's my sex. That's my drugs. I just love. I'm I'm hooked. Yeah, but love and now I'm bothered by him asking me, "Am I going to do a set tonight?" <laughs> because you felt like it called in your question your work ethic in some way. Yes, yes, it did. It's just like after I, 38 I, years, you're still plagued with that kind of. Well, especially since I've been in Las Vegas for 10 years, on stage every night, did you every fe- night, did every you, night. And did you feel, even though you were so uh, active in Vegas, did you ever feel like people were forgetting about you on the coasts? Did that? Well, that's did you feel why I stopped obs- the show after 10 years. Yeah. Because I'm so successful in Las Vegas. These people know me here. I need. I don't need any money anymore. Right? right. So let me get back out. Let me go back out to it. I missed a whole generation, 10 years in Las Vegas. I missed a whole generation. And to do walk on stage last week with Natasha and, 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 and Sarah, it's 270 white hipsters. Yeah, I love those people. Huh? My people. They don't My- know me, mm-hmm. but now they do. And that's right. what I got to do more. I got to do more of that. And I go to Mo Better Mondays at the Improv, all black crowd. Yeah. I love the, the, the harder the challenge. Black is show in L.A. Me. Give it to me. Black is show in L.A. By far. And so, and I love to do that. And I like to get up there because I'm still old school and so I'm somewhat clean. 
Yeah. So there's no motherfuckers. Anything. And I cannot cuss anybody. I swear to God I can. I believe you. I can cuss real good. But on the stage, <laughs> I tend not to do it. They say, it's, do you think it's harder to do clean comedy than, than the motherfucker been the, the joke, motherfucker been the setup, motherfucker been the punchline? I, got, uh, I have an opinion on it. Go. I think it's even. I think there's awful clean comedy and there's amazing clean comedy. And there's awful dirty comedy and there's amazing dirty comedy. And it's, I don't actually think one's easier than the other. Most of you just really give me something to think about. I, I think it's harder <laughs> because, you know, just say, you know, and I told this motherfucker, motherfucker is a funny word, you know, right. like, you know and nobody did it. I feel me. that way about the N-word in comedy. I feel like it's hamburger helper, especially for black comics. You About the N-word? It's well, not hamburger I, helper I, for me. What I, did, <laughs> what I did at the white crowd up there was talking about uh, racism, and, you know, we got the... Uh, the guy in Donald Sterling out in Los yeah. Angeles, that was new, was talking about he being a racist. And, he's uh, doing stand-up and, now, okay. he's, 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 you hear that? He's, he's yeah. going yeah. to really a black funny. church yesterday. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, I call him, I went out to buy the Ku Klux Clippers. That's what I call him, the Ku Klux Clippers. So I'm making little jokes about that. And, you know, like NBA gives him a lifetime sentence. And I'm sure every comedian, this is pretty easy to think. They give him a lifetime ban. Well, look at the guy. He's fucking, what, he's got two and a half yeah. years at the most, you know. So every time I did things like that, and I was talking about it. And I just didn't know how racist, how racial the tension is, you know, like, and I look into life and like on the weekends, only the black news anchors work on the weekends. I don't know whether you noticed that, but I noticed little shit. <laughs> That's fun. You also have one of my favorite N-word jokes of all time. Let me tell is, it what it is. Let me tell it what it, it was, is. So I said to them at the theater I was at with Natasha. Which and, is on which what street on, is that on? The street is on. So even I get in and see this street here. Have you been in Los Angeles? The main yeah. street in Los Angeles is called La Cienega. <laughs> it's not a perfect And I said, you white people better... <laughs> And you white people better not repeat it. La, you look at the sign next time you go, La Cienega. Right in front of yes. your face there. And so, it's my favorite song, actually. And you used to, you really, also had one, of, you had one of my favorite uh, other N word jokes about. Uh, I only have one N word no, joke. No, you forgot about this joke, and now you're going to make me say it in front of you. What is it? And I've said it in front on this show before, and you froze me out. This is back when, uh, when uh, Vinny Del Negro was a player. You used to say there's only one white guy in the NBA, and his name was Vinny... Vinny the nigger. <laughs> See, he's doing jokes that I used to do. I used to do, I used to do, I did another one. There's a restaurant in Los Angeles called Norm's. Yep. And when we started, back in 1977, 78, when we first got to California, they had a, you know, we didn't have any money. Right. So they... I you had, had $450, I, so I yeah, understand. But, <laughs> but I paid rent that month, so yeah. that was three three nineteen. So <laughs> we went to this place... <laughs> It's called Norms. All yeah. the fish you can eat for. It's actually on La Cien, nigga. As a matter of fact, not that is, that is, that is, is. The third time you used the word, right? <laughs> I didn't. Say I was like, it's actually on La Cien, So <laughs> it was all the fish you could eat for like four ninety nine. You know, right? Four ninety nine. And I told the manager, "This is a great deal. What you should do, you should have all the chicken you can eat for four ninety nine. And the manager said, "We used to, but we had niggas coming in from Chicago." <laughs> <laughs> We had 747s in the parking lot. So that's three times I've used the N word. <laughs> yeah. But it's not going to die. The, the, no, you know, of course the, the not. The N word is not going to die. So, you know, and like I'm walking down 72nd Street the other day, and I heard two kids walking behind me, What's up, my nigga? And I turn around, there's two white guys hugging each other, right? Right. So I said, I think I better keep walking. I think, I, yeah, this is not. <laughs> you might get robbed. Right now, you know, these guys, are, it's, it means a term of endearment, you know? Was it, it was it, when did, do you remember? It must have always been a term of endearment for black people, though, right? Well, you, you know, and it's still, oh, you ever watch. I start to say, yeah, watch porn. I'm telling on myself. That's like, yeah. That's yeah. We haven't, actually. That's the young gender, we don't yeah, watch it's porn crazy. anymore. We're, we yeah, live we, it. Yeah, okay, we've moved past that. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's what I like about you young kids. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it's kind of like the NAACP. They, they had a funeral for the N-word right. about three years ago, and they buried it. 
What uh, and then it, was, it, be, it, it was, was a, a ghost, zombie. Dude. It's a goose. Yeah, that was it's, it's the a, era a of the Walking it's a Dead. Ghost, man, it's a yeah. ghost. It came out sooner than Jesus came out after three. <laughs> the inward was out of the grave. What was Jesus in the grave? Three days. Then it was out the next minute. They was walking away. The N word was in the back of the church. Like what y'all? What y'all been so sad for? <laughs> in any case, it's a I'm word. still alive. You shouldn't. But let me tell you. Let me straighten you guys out right now. Don't use the N word. Okay. I not won't. A, it, it's not a good, I stopped using it last Tuesday. I want you to <laughs> stop using the N-word. Well, here's a question. Did Was there some, and you don't have to answer this, and if we can edit it out if you don't like this question, but wasn't there something involved with the end of your Vegas show connected to uh, the co- comedians in coffee, in cars getting coffee? No. Well, something involved with Jerry came up on the stage. You know, we're great friends. Yeah, you and, and Jerry. We, we old... discussed that, uh, that I've been there 10 years. So he came up on stage and he made the announcement. He's the one that really threw me out of there. He says, "You've been doing it for ten years. People need America needs to know about you, and you need to. Uh, you've been successful here. Let's quit the show." And uh, and he's my best friend. And I thought you know, he's got a great N word joke. Jerry Seinfeld. He does. <laughs> oh, it's one of the best. I've he's heard. never yeah. told. He probably would never tell you. But, you know, that, that was a story that he was a racist. You know, but he lived with me for thirteen years. That's why he's a racist. He probably never want to see another black person come in his life. I can understand. That'll do it. That'll do it. it. He's like, no, no, I don't hate black people. I hate George Wallace. This is going to be a completely uh, fucked up podcast. Did you ever think about changing your name because of the George Wallace, the white supremacist governor guy? I did change my name. My name is Henry Wallace. (laughs) Is that true? (laughs) Your name's Henry Rollins? Henry Wallace. uh, That's another famous guy, right? Yeah, Henry Wallace was was the vice president of the United States. Yeah. And what happened? I went to Los Angeles and I did not know about the union. Right. So there couldn't be. There was already a Henry Wallace. I went, damn. Well, what am I going to do? My dad is George Wallace. There are nine George Wallaces in my family. Not even thinking about right the governor the of George governor Wallace. of Alabama. I yeah. said, I'm going to make. And I, then I, I thought about it. I said, yeah, let's make that a good name, George Wallace. So there you go. So you, when you lived in New York, were you Henry Wallace? Yeah, nobody knows that, but you, you, you guys are really learning something now. That's hol- so, so. If anybody were to call me and walk down the street, anybody says Henry. I know you really know me. Larry Miller, Seinfeld, all of these guys like that. Uh, 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 who else? Uh, Letterman. Uh, yeah. Leno would call me Dr. Mar, Wallace. Bill Maher. Bill Maher. They would, yeah, they would, they would say D.F. Swedler. Yeah. Is Bill Maher that old school? <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, with us. 38 years. He was my MC. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was That's my wild. MC at Catch Rising Star. Mm-hmm. What do you mean your MC? Like he was your well, right. Well, you know, there's something. Well, actually, uh, the tall guy was my MC. Your first MC, David Say. Jimmy Brogan. No, not Jimmy Brogan. No. Uh, he's on on uh, New York. He's on. He's Baltimore. What's the show based out of Baltimore? Police uh, story. Oh, uh, Belzer. Be- Richard Belzer. Richard Belzer. That was my first MC. Wow. Yeah. What Let's, do you mean? Like, you, oh, the first guy to bring you up. Your first host to bring you up on stage. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, when you walk in the catch a rising star, everybody would kiss everybody. And I had just come from Georgia, and I wasn't using the men kissing men. But they would kiss would, you as they brought you up. It would kiss you as you walk into the club. Everybody kisses everybody. Really? There's something sweet about that. Rick, I, I Rick, don't mind that. Yeah. Well, and all you guys, kind of cool. everybody, like, all you guys It was a fraternity. It. In the alt rooms, in the alternative rooms, uh, we all, the dudes all suck each other's dicks as they come on stage. Jesus. Every time. Every what, time what, 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 what night is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what night is that? I, I don't, is it tonight? I, I, I have you got a spot all of a sudden. I, I got a spot. <laughs> Yes, hold sir, Reed Bob. So in the alternative club, everybody, that's pretty, they didn't tell me that. Uh, yeah, well, all right, new information. Let's take a break we're right take there. there. We have so many I like commercial. to do a commercial. You guys didn't you want to do one? a bottle of water or anything. Oh, I know. So do you right. want some water? Uh, hold you on. Let's take a break. What I ask for it if I didn't want any? You want, all right, I'll get you a glass of water. You want some I want a bottle of water. I don't want to drink out of the bottle. You don't have a... 
what the fuck? I know. I come in, you don't in even have, I started age. to bring me a bottle of water. I started to, Moshe. What can I do? Run down the street. <laughs> oh, come on. Why are you do, looking do, at me? Do they have smilers here anymore? Smile. I think there's one smiler. Right? Yeah, you're not wrong. There's smiler. Remember smiler. I remember no. smiler. Used to be the most expensive. You don't know smiler. Uh-uh. You're not born, raised in New York. Are you? you know what no, I was uh-uh. thinking about? How uh-uh. long I've been coming to New York? I once in New York smoked a cigarette in a movie theater. Wow. That's how Did you really do? I, sw- I was 14, but yeah, I smoked a cigarette in a movie oh theater. Oh my god, man. Yeah, so that's you, some old. You've been here a long time. Well, no, I just came here when I was in high school. And you're not born raised here. You're like an islander. Are you from? I'm long from Island? Philly. Yeah, my he's brother an used to, My brother's a comic named Kevin. Oh, so man. Kevin Brennan, we used to. I used to come visit him. Yeah, okay. And yeah. hang out at the Improv. We got to uh, hold on. We Wait, got no, sponsors. No, but Neil, with those kinds of memories, it would be nice to maybe collate a website or something like that. To, like New York, mem- Neil's New York old memories. Di- old dude shit. Old dude shit. Uh, you know, uh, basically old everybody needs shit. a website nowadays, and it's difficult to figure out how to build one. Don't you think? Yeah, I do agree. It's not. I don't so know easy. where to go. Well, there's a new solution for you. It's Squarespace.com, which is the all-in-one platform, which makes it easy to. Can I write this own. down, please? Squarespace. Squarespace.com. George, okay. listen to what this is going to do for it's you. It's an all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. So, George, you could make some buttons to say "I'd be thinking," put them right into your own store. Boom. You sell it. You make all the profit. There's no, there's no third party involved. you got your own website. If you go to squarespace.com and enter offer code THECHAMPS at checkout, you will save some money, and you'll be able to make a beautiful website in just minutes. It's simple and easy. There's a beautiful design. There's drag-and-drop content, 24-7 support through chat and email. Plans start at just $8 a month, and that includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. So, again, go to squarespace.com forward slash the champs, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase, and you can show support for us, the champs. I'm gonna. I if Henry Wallace is available, I'm gonna do it. HenryWallace.com. <laughs> Henry Wallace is old. <laughs> Wallace is old. Okay. He's an old Henry person. Wallace would do. He would do that. George Wallace is young. He you would. Know, George Wallace. He already knows HTML. He knows all the building codes for websites. It. He knows how to do it. But let me tell you something. And this is pretty cool. You guys, are the first guys I ever talked to about Henry Wallace. I know. I'm true? happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, because I because I thought about it. I was like, how do you end up with George? I have a lot of I follow you and I have some questions. Yeah. So go to go to squarespace.com. Uh, enter offer code the champs. Build a website like you've always wanted to. Why do are you shit. talking with your hands and you're on radio? Why are you? Because I can't like help this? it. I'm so I have. You're so not much Italian. Such an expre- I know. I'm an expressive person. Okay, George. One more. Do we have another one? Yeah, you want to do another? Yeah, just, ad I right love now? to hear, see him to read spots because I used to do radio and I can't read copy anymore. Is that right? How come? Because I'm a comedian. Comedians can't read without going <laughs> off track. And but that's the beauty of these podcasts is they give you copy, but you don't have to stay okay. on copy. Just that as was long as you hit copy, the main but they point, they don't yeah. care anymore. Okay. They, just, they say here are the bullet points that we want you to hit and do it. And you that's want. all you need to do. The more yeah. creative, the and better. And that's what I do when I did copy, and and everybody wanted me to do their copy, and I said, dude, I just can't read this insurance spot like this, you know? Right, and they. And they were like, no, we need it. We don't want your version Every of it. Every now and then they go, no, mostly it turns out better when they yeah. let me do it my way. Yeah. For instance, like say audible.com. Like let, Audible, Audible is a, it's a book on tape, mm-hmm. what used to be called tapes. You remember tapes. Uh, they mm-hmm. no longer exist. But eight now, tracks too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now they, uh, if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash the champs, uh, you will get uh, uh, a free 
audiobook. A free to, audiobook download of your choice. Any audio, I, I'm on there. Casher in the Rye, my book is on Moses there. Moses has written a book. You know and all I, I got to do is write uh, audiblepodcast.com. Audiblepodcast.com slash the champs. Okay. You will get your first book's free. Okay. Right? And then you can buy one or none or whatever you want. Like, it's a great, it, there's, Hundreds of thousands of people. And books. you know, the great thing about what you just did, I remember that. This is something you're telling you personally. Yeah. It doesn't sound like I'm doing a commercial. No, doing this a commercial. is good. We're getting So we need to. No, you do it the right way. It's, I like it's, it. It's, it's, it's original, it's authentic. Yeah. That you're doing it. I've been on there. Here's what I do I go to Audible and I will get every single book has a sample. That you can download right. without even downloading the book. Really? So you can listen to the sample. It's 10 minutes long. And if it get, takes your interest, then you can buy that book. And if it doesn't, you can just move just on just to the next on. book. Yeah. So it's, that's pretty cool. Uh, AudiblePodcast.com forward slash The Champs. What was the last book you read, there. George? last book I read was called uh, uh, Laugh It Off. By? By me. And that's been like three months ago because I'm working on a new book now. And I don't know what it's going to be called. You're going to help me with this. What it's going to be called Bull Twit. Twit this. Good enough to tweet. I'm writing a book on my... On all your on tweets? Twitter? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, what, did, it, did, the, did the... What, Laughing Off yeah. was like a real book, right? We had, we I mean, like you didn't self-publish did, it or something? We, I, I, I had a publisher. Great. And we just wanted to do it as a... Not as a joke, but I knew it would get me on TV shows. And, and we were into our third printing before we knew it. Did you do an audio book for it? Uh, that's what I need to do now is an audio book for, for the old book. Yes. Well, actually, what I was going to say, there's a lot of good comedians with like books on there. Right. There are. There's a lot of great ones. And also, I, for me, the best audio book I've ever heard is a World War Z. Do you know that? Uh, Mel yeah. Brooks, Matt, Max yeah. Brooks. Okay. Uh, that's one of the best ever because there's a ton of ce- celebrity drop-ins that do voices in, in the thing. The Harry Potter series is really good on audiobook. I don't you know. Dude, I'm one of the only people in America, you know, I know nothing about Harry Potter. Well, that's a good way I to know start. I know nothing. almost nothing. Okay. If you ever to wanted to get that cultural information, those books are pretty impressive because you're impre- The guy who does the voices, there's like, I'm, you know, a thousand voices in Harry Potter. It's the same yes. dude. Remember, and I didn't get a part in it. All. I didn't get a part in it because I was in... I was in uh, Las Vegas. And you put yourself on tape four different times. That's yes. what's so sad about it. <laughs> so audiblepodcast.com. Uh, one of my favorite books of, uh, audio books of all time is uh, People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, as read by Matt Damon. Actually, uh-huh, it's read really? by the same dude that does the Harry Potter ones. Matt Damon does half of it also. No, it's Harry Potter and Matt Damon. No, it's well, not one Harry of Potter the guys, one of the guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's the Matt Damon. It's actually Matt Damon. Uh, Moshe went for it <laughs> and, and didn't, actually didn't screwed, get it. Me, screwed me up. Oh, it was Literally your fault? I, I thought it was my fault. No, it was your fault, but I was like, why are you doing that? I panicked because I was like, am I misremembering this? <laughs> it was half Harry Potter. Yeah, why Matt would Damon. you say it was the guy from Harry Potter? I've got Matt Damon. I've got a star right there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm betting the Steve Martin book, Born Standing Up, is on there. Yeah. One of the best stand-up books. The, the, it describes what doing stand-up is like. As well as I've ever really? heard it. It's and it's two pages long. Steve Martin. Steve Martin's book, Born Standing Up. Uh, Very sure. It's amazing. There's a. I yeah. have to get that. I'm writing yeah, a no, new book it's too. Worth, You yeah. know what? I, I sometimes I'm afraid to see. I was um, I was afraid to read George Carlin's book. He had a book called. All Bird, of his books are on Bird the Bird droppings. Together. Yeah, brain I, dropping. I can't. Bra- well, what is it? Brain dropping. Brain drop. It's on I Audible. I could not. Um, I couldn't read it. I read like four pages, because it's like I'm trying to be creative and shit. Oh, that motherfucker took a lot of premises. Let me tell you something. That's what I'm taking. I thought I, I thought I, I was the one that come up with this. And he's, 
He's oh. got it in the book, too. He's, oh, dude. Said, I'm not going to yeah. win anymore. No, I know. Just, Carlin, right. Jerry, your friend Jerry actually talks about that. Like, anytime you have a premise, you have to see if Carlin did it first. Because chances are he did. Or just, stay in blissful ignorance, which I think is actually a better plan. Is that right? Just write the jokes independently. And That's if you what steal, you stole. But is it stealing if you never heard the bit? I don't think so. If it, you do no, the no, same if, exact well, listen, bit, funny people is will funny. Call you up. If people, are, if people are, if comedians are funny. So people, thought, people, uh, exactly. Love is love. Well, okay. Well, speaking of that, can we can we talk about what audiblepodcast dot com slash what happened with what with, with you and Dion? You can talk about that if you want oh, yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, cur- I'm curious because... I just mentioned what happened between me and Dan Cole. I don't know him, I, and I bet this is a nice guy. He is but a very nice guy. some guy said to me that I stole, I, I stole a bit. Right. Uh, and I said, I went on stage with a pad, and I stole it from Dion Cole. Well, I looked up how old he is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's so the funny. same year... That I started doing, like, the, everybody known me since I've been a comedian since 1976. He's the guy with the legal pad. Right. And, and, and I just, and, I, and, then, and then somebody said, I stole it from him. And I called the guy and said, dude, I, people are saying I took it from you. I just want you to know I didn't. I've been doing it for a long time. And he got back with a, with a, a, a bad attitude about it. And I just said, I'm not a hater or anything like that. Right. I'm just letting you know that I did do it. But I will so post this. they helped me. At the uh, Laugh Factory on, on, is that Sunset? On, yes. on Sunset Boulevard, right? They got a bunch yeah, is, of comedians. Is La Cienegas the only street you Shut know? Shut up Go and ahead. stop using that word, the end word, okay? <laughs> so on this big photo, all the comedians, they got George Wallace, everybody that ever worked there. George Wallace, right behind Dion Cole. I don't know how they did it. This picture must be 30 years old. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm on that tw- picture. Uh, you're on it's, that picture? Okay, I just yeah. said 30, 15. You're on that picture? Yeah, but it's from but like it's five me, George years ago. Wallace, guess what I got in my hand? Legal pad. pad. Legal pad. Well, actually, what you did was I was because I was watching all the drama unfold on Twitter because I love that's nothing I like better than Is seeing right? people so fight. No, I had to stop that. I'm going, you didn't know you were a gentleman. A hundred percent you were, yeah. but it was a very effective argument. He just posted a clip of himself on was it Letterman or Arsenio, Arsenio. from like ninety one or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you don't need to argue any longer. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. like, stop right there. He comes out in the Z Cavaricis. You're like, ah, I think he's been doing. No, it. George used to wear a different. This is what a George Wallace said. I am. He wore a different NFL jacket every time he did Arsenio. Am I a fan or am I not a fan? How did you know that? Dude? A different leather I jacket. I started people wearing leather jackets. What happened was I used to work for the NFL. Well, let's get into a little history. My brother, my brother uh, played for the 49ers for 13 years. Three Super Bowl rings, oh, yeah? three Pro Bowls. And, and Neil is turning the light on. We can sit in the dark, dude. We can send it dark. I asked you for, Enough, I can't get asked you for water. some water like 40 minutes ago, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Keep talking, Neil. So uh, we're, I have seven Super Bowl. Most of you don't know this. I have seven. My brother, Steve Wallace, number 74, played with Joe Montana. Neil's in the kitchen right now continuing to ask questions as if he's on mic. Did Steve change that is his no, question. His name, well, his name is uh, Stephen Baron Wallace. Not very football. Uh, right. Uh, okay. Is that the clean glass? Who wanted? Yeah, no. who Neil, wanted you're the clean still glass? not on mic. The who wanted to? Today, listen, and uh, the, the, the cleaning people—they don't clean glasses. Don't you know that store in hotels? They just no. wipe them off. Is that true? That? Yeah, they use that rag. Well, Who sells the same those? rag? The same rag to clean the bathroom. They clean your glass. Well, Steve Wallace, my brother, three Super Bowl rings. My nephew is a money tumor. You all know oh, money yeah. tumor. Number eighty-one played for the uh, New York Giants. Two Super Bowl rings. My other nephew, uh, uh, Bobby Hamilton, played for the New England Patriots. I have seven Super Bowl rings in my family. How did we get on the subject? I don't know. NFL jackets they used the to jackets, wear. Yeah. So every time I went on Arsenio and. Uh, 
I, I was on Arsenio more than anybody else. It's between me and George Lopez, but I know it was me. So I would wear a different, and they were very colorful yep. NFL jackets, leather jackets. And I did that. And then uh, speaking of Arsenio, he just got canceled. Yes. And fortunately, I was on his show more than any other comedian also. The new one? On the new I did one. two shows, and they repeated it both weekends. I've done uh, four <laughs> times. Did you guys see Paul Mooney's set on? Let me tell you something. Um, this is very, very disturbing to me because I don't, first of all, I don't think the producer should have let him walk out with the cane the way he did. You saw that, did you yeah, not? Agreed. And cause that they shouldn't have aired the thing in the first place. Well, they shouldn't have aired it. That would have, that would have been the right thing to don't, don't air the whole spot because you had other time in there, other entertainers there too. But he walked out with a cane. You didn't see it. I did First of it. all, anybody were to see that, first of all, you're not going to laugh. You go, what happened to him? Yeah, it was Mooney okay, him? yeah. What's wrong with him? Is he yeah. okay? It wasn't a nice cane. It was like a medical cane. And then cane. he then he had that Mooney attitude also. <laughs> so. But that's a that's a tribute to Mooney. Even infirmed with a cane, he's still better than everyone, homie. Oh, but P.S. I'm better. What we but saw. No, but not on TV. Um, the people that didn't know Mooney. And something hit me at the time. You know what that was? The nightmare that we've all had as comedians. When I walk through that curtain, your head just goes blank. If you've yeah. ever done a TV show, first time you do the Tonight Show, you're going, dude, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know anything. And I seem to think that might have happened to him because if you look into your history, I don't think I've ever seen Paul Mooney do five minutes I TV show. Well, they, they cut a bunch of it out. Well, that's it was what I was going to say. The product, the product that we saw was the fix-it product. It was the fix-it, which and was it, only wow. three minutes. And, and apparently the real and set, and, and that set was so awkward, apparently the real set, he was. It was the, end, the real set had the end, had the N word in it. Sure, and talking Jerry about Seinfeld. I would love it. I'm, a, I'm sorry they cut that out. That would have really been right up my alley. Dude, you're really <laughs> sick, aren't you? You would have loved to hear what happened. But I he was say, bombing. George, he wasn't let me do, say it one he more. He wasn't time. doing well. He wasn't doing well. Uh, no, he, are you? How you know Mooney since you moved to L.A.? I would think I've right? known him, but I have. I, he was not one of my running partners or anything like that. And I just I know him. I respect him. But he's never been. I never had a cup of coffee with him. That's what I like. Did that. you when you moved to L.A. Did you have a hard time adjusting to that scene, or did you just sort of hit the ground running? When I got to Los Angeles, you I had was, been. You were a I veteran. Been, had been, I had been six been, months. No, one six months. Six months. I was. In, I got out there. I am somebody. I've been killing, man. I'm doing seven spots. I was doing two spots at Catch a Ride and Star. And these are spots. twenty minute spots. And then and, and, and during the day, no, no, they were like five minutes. You know, oh, that's right. what we did back okay. then. I was doing two sets at to uh, Catch a Ride and Star. Two set, actually three sets at both places. We were doing three shows a night then. Then I run down to the Improv or one, Once Upon a Stove, and I did a set. So sometimes seven in Goth and uh, it's not Gotham. What do you call it? The, the cellar. Cellar, yeah. So I'm doing seven shows in a night, dude. I'm good. I'm rolling. So let me move to Los Angeles. I was still doing advertising. I moved myself out there, and they said you're good. You're the best guy you're selling. And I went out there for three weeks, and I uh, drummed up like two hundred thousand dollars worth of business from. I put Elton John on the buses in New York City. I put uh, uh, Donna Summer on the buses. And I said we need someone out there to represent, put movies and things like that on. Someone out there knowing I was going to get into show business and and uh, and I wanted to go on at the comedy store. So that's what I started doing, going on at the comedy store. So I went out there, and I mean, I was kicking ass. Were you? And I went on at the comedy store, and I got off. You know when you do your audition night for the owner? Yep. And you come over, and you go over. Kind of, you know, you're still a little boy. You go, hi, hi, how'd I do? And I, it was Mitzi Shore. Yep. She said, well, you're not right for my club. And so, no, you can't work here. Dude, I was so dejected. I'm going like, dude, I just killed. I just did a yeah. good job. I just did. You got right for my club. That's what she told me. I heard And that. I was hurt and dejected and rejected in every way. Well, I'm so stupid. You know what I did? I called in the next day to get spots for next week. I had five spots. 
Oh, that's great. She I forgot thought, or what? I thought at the time, people said she was crazy at the time. I thought she must be crazy. She just told me in my face I wasn't right for the club. And you know you remember my big black ass. <laughs> you know, I'm the biggest, blackest thing up there. You can't do it. You can right in my face. I mean, you're not getting my climb. But I said, I'm calling in anyways. I called 656-5600. Still the number. Is that right? Yep. I called in. Is that still the number? Is that pretty close? Yeah. No, that's it. Yes. And, um, and, I, and I had I went five spots. I'm going, you know, you, you don't get five spots at the comedy yeah. store. So, and I worked there, and I went over to the improv. And How did, did you the, ever see her again? Did she say, like, welcome to my club? I was, did, I know, I just, I was scared to see her again because it was a She was like, she you were great. Me. Not like that other black guy we saw the other night, tall guy. There tall was a guy, guy Henry Wallace out here. He was horrible. <laughs> Old fashioned, that guy, that uh, Henry I swear to you, and, and, and I just continued to work, and then I went over to the improv, and at the time, you can't work both either club. Right. So, I'm not into the BS game. I just right. want to work. So I worked both clubs back and forth, and I did two sets a night at either club. And uh, that's how I got started in L.A. So. And so, and, and doing spots, did you see prior? You'd see. Oh, man, I'd see prior. You're talking about new material. I saw it's so great that I was blessed to see Richard Pryor. That's when you're talking about the Paul Mooney. He was writing for Richard yeah. Pryor at the time. And those guys were those guys. You know, I didn't smoke. I didn't do drugs. I'm one of the clean cut guys. So, so you're not invited in the back if you're you're right. square square dot com. So that's what I was doing way, yeah. way back then. And no chump either. Yeah. Back <laughs> the chumps. <laughs> the chump was a chump. So, um, I went, uh, Richard Pryor after the first album, Seinfeld, and I used to listen to that niggas crazy and things like. And we just laughed our asses off. And so it's Richard Pryor on stage, you know, and that was a great days. You don't know who's going to bump you, who's going to follow right. you, you know. So we walk in, and when he started on his new album, everybody went like, dude, this one's not going to work at all. I mean, he was. Oh, there were, you thought it was bad. No, no. I, it was bad. It was horrible. When he, and when he started working on a new album, it was horrible. It was horrible. Which album then you are we go talking to next, about? The next one after, the, the one of the new one, Sunset, the live one. So Sunset. live on Sunset Strip. So you go, no, that's horrible. The next week, just, uh, this one's not going to work out. The next week, well, at least it got a little better. And then the fourth week, you're going like, yeah. <laughs> and the fifth week, you're going like, it's getting good. And the sixth week, you went, what the fuck? Huh. And the seventh, eighth week, live on sunset that's what's funny it's like that's the thing you never hear about prior is like oh he worked hard because you just hear like he would just get up and fuck around and see what happened but to hear you tell it it's a no, different he wasn't seeing what was happening he was working hard just like we do he great was trying new material and he brought we saw it come to fruition and dude that is that is bravery to be able to go out and bomb with something for three weeks in a row and so they would say do mud bone do mud bone no i ain't doing my boy and he would stick to it and you know like me i would have broken down and went to my you know like we me too i would have opened with it shit i would have put on some tap shoes and just started dancing now that's racial no just racial no no as a guy who says the n-word a lot you are you have crossed the line no yeah yeah put on some tap shoes oh no what did you grow up with what kind of neighborhood I grew up in an all-black neighborhood, and I, call, I grew up in a village. You don't understand this. I grew up in a village where there was only one mom, and that was whichever mom that was around at the time. We had respect. I'm from a totally different school than you are, Moshe. I'm from a, a neighborhood that uh, uh, everybody loved each other, everybody uh, took care of each other. Well, and, what do you know about my even, past? <laughs> People loved you're us. You're just born, what, five weeks ago? <laughs> Who the hell do you think you're talking to? Who, punk-ass kid? Who you think no, you're I know about you? your childhood. a bit with a legal pad. You should say it's I know. very good. <laughs> 
No, I know about your Most childhood. Moshe, what were I your mom and dad? Just, your, your dad was a, your dad's a lawyer. What's no, your I just saw Porgy and Bess. I know about your childhood. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. He's getting uh, racial. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, it's, 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 and the sad thing is, George, it hit him, and it, he knows you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I didn't grow up rich. I didn't grow up rich. My dad Moshe, was a, Moshe, my, they're bullshit. My dad was a poor Jew. There are poor Jews. I know, they're isn't that crazy? Yeah. You didn't even say you're a Jew. You said you're Jew. You're Jew. You're Jew. Bullshit. Science fellow's little daughter just had a bat mitzvah. Yeah. You Jews, I want to. Don't you say you Jews and use Jerry Seinfeld's family as an example? He's like the the ultimate Jew. He's the ultimate Jew. We're all that rich, right? Yeah. No, listen to me. You guys, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah. And I think it's the greatest thing in the world. Jerry actually lost sh- lost money doing that Seinfeld show. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> he would have made way more just in just by being Jewish. Just by being Jewish full time. No. Let me tell you what a great program you have as a as a Jew. When you guys, <laughs> then we don't. You know, our neighborhoods we don't have the money to do it. And fortunately, you guys started a program. I don't know when it started, but when you have your bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, all your friends get together and they come and they donate money. And let's say I gave Jerry's daughter, let's say, $1,000, okay? And and I'm not the only one, so it must have been 60 people. So by the time you put this in the bank, by the time the kid is ready to go to college, the education is there. You supported right. each other. I think that's the greatest system in the world. Oh, man. So Apparently when Jerry's daughter saw your check, she rolled her eyes and threw yeah. it away. $1,000? What, is, did they what even, is the deal with how little George gave so me? She is so funny. She is so funny. She wrote me a note back and says, Thank you so much for the the fantastic gift you gave me. I already used it. Could you please send more? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Isn't that that's funny. funny what? Just a yeah. little 13-year-old girl, just as nice as she can you be. Did Seinfeld read it? It was like, I think you can punch it up. Uh. I think there's <laughs> things you can do. There could be a so better good. joke. But isn't that you know? a great? You had a, did you have a bar mitzvah? Is it imperative? Do you have to? Is it mandatory that you have? A- I had one. It, mine was not as fun, probably, as Jerry Seinfeld's daughter's, though. Mine was a trail of tears. So, so mine was just a different kind. What does that mean? What does that mean? None of my friends and family were allowed to come because they weren't religious enough. So it was all old adults from Has- uh, the Hasidic neighborhood. That you're my from dad Hasidic? Lived in. Are you from Brooklyn? Yeah. Well, my dad is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Seagate. They wouldn't let the people. They no, my let- mom didn't even get to come. She wasn't religious enough. My mother. My mother. <laughs> my, own my own mother. Flesh like you and blood. Be telling a joke because that's very funny. My no, it's mom true. Didn't even, it's not true. It's, it's true. His his dad was super orthodox and his mom was actually deaf. That's not a joke. And I'm he was kidding. too. He was deaf as well. They were both, They're both deaf. deaf. I'm telling you, we did so not grow really up there. There was really no reason for her to show up at all. <laughs> <laughs> What's she the point? She... You're going to come hear me sing? What's the point? The sound's off. Fuck uh. it. <laughs> um, now, all right, so George, so you, you do, so you were like a, a I real, I said, just gotta get me a glass of water. He gives me a half a glass of water. He got it out of the faucet. Why can you fill it? Not out of the faucet. Right? It was out of a Brita, <clears throat> which right. is the New York. Let me say this. You're, on a Brita, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. You know, thank let you. me say this. I threw out a Porgy and Best joke. Didn't go over the greatest, but I do have to say, I did just see the new staging of Porgy and Best, the Tony winning, uh, staging of Porgy and Best. Yeah. It was so fucking good. The one that David Allen Greer was in? No, the singing one. It wasn't there. there. It's all singing, but it was so good. Where I, in L.A. at the Almond Center? It's the same it's in L.A. He just didn't do it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. It was so good. I mean, and this is going to sound a, a very, very moist, but I have not been touched like that in in a theater performance in really? years. I mean, it was so amazing. 
You were touched. I finally felt like the way you know you know the, the Robert De Niro in in The Untouchables when he's crying at the opera. Right, yeah. That's how I finally felt like wow. I you were touched. Opera. It was incredible. David Alan Greer was in it doing high kicks, straight up high kicks. Really? So watch it on watch it on Fallon. He did yeah, it on Fallon. That's it was crazy. Great. It was great. Anyway, if you have a chance out there, go see it. Are they? A well, I'm going to go to Broadway. I'm going to go to Broadway Tuesday night. And I'm going to go see. Uh, 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 a raging in the sun. With, uh, oh, with Denzel. See that? Yeah, with Denzel too. But uh, being touched, I, I haven't been touched since I watched Fences on Broadway. You, you do. You're not old mm. enough to remember. Uh, no, sure. Hell, you used to come to read that play all the time. James L. Jones did it, and you know, oh, always right. see, that was the famous. When I see actors, right? it pisses me off when I see black actors. Like if I see Samuel Jackson in something, and it pisses me off. I saw him in what was that Django? Yeah. And I see guys, and it really pisses me off because I'm doing comedy, and I'm going like, I could have done that part. Uh-huh. Right, I, I could have done that part. I really could have, but I saw Fenton James Earl Jones was so damn good, and that there was a scene where he was crying and snot was coming out his nose and everything. And my friend says, "Can you do that? Can you do that?" I says, "No, I can't do that." Well, that's yeah. what I always say about theater: there's nothing in the world like live theater when it's good, and there's right. nothing as bad as live theater when it's bad. Even bad comedy, I would, I would say, even bad. No, comedy. no, no, no. Bad. At least there's some sh- Schadenfreude of watching a comic. A, Open micro bomb to a point. To a point in theater, there's nothing pleasant about it. Well, in theater, you got people on stage with you though, but in comedy, you're up there alone. I mean, as an audience member, as an audience member, yeah. Well, I'm just talking about an audience member. When you're a comedian up there by yourself, it's bad for everybody. Dude. It's bad for everybody. <laughs> Nobody wins. Have you ever? He's not have even you talking about bomb, dude, like you when you, you ever bomb? Uh, have I ever bomb? No, I haven't. But I heard it's bad. <laughs> no, I have. <laughs> sure, I have. Uh, Neil, yeah, I bombed. I bombed uh, like freshly. You know what's interesting about if bombing? If you smell my clothes, you can still smell it, it, it on me. It, it, it was, it was, it was that, that fresh, yeah. If, you know what's interesting about bombing? And I would be curious to see if this is true for you, too, after 38 years. Every time I don't, I have a set that's shitty, I, I always revert to, I made a huge mistake. I'm not funny after all. This, I'm wrong. Did you? No, you can't do that. You don't feel that way. No, it no, doesn't no, make you no. reassess. It's, like fuck, I'm a. F- I, I'm, and then the next time you have a good. In set, your you, case, yes. Ah. But most entertainers. <laughs> no, what you have to do is get. I did a. I had been doing comedy for six months again, and they thought I was so good. They sent me up to the Neverly. The what? The Neverly Hotel. You're too young. It's That's old, in the com- old Jewish in the, in old the Jewish hotel Catskills or in the Catskills. I went up there. I had to do 45 minutes. How'd that go? 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Ask me how'd it go. How'd it go? Silence, just like you just heard. 45 minutes. Did you have 45 minutes of jokes? I did. Before I went up, I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you something. When the first joke doesn't work, then that 45 minute goes down to, what, 15 and it drops oh, like absolutely. that. Oh, absolutely. But it's all Jewish audience, and you know the best audience in the world is a Jewish audience or a black audience. I, just no question about it. Jewish audience... Black audience, best audiences in the world. I have a I Jewish friend who says that Jewish audiences are the worst audiences because they all think they can do it and their cousin's funnier than you. I would and say the best audience in the world, and this is going to be very specific, a Filipino audience. Is that true? I swear to God. They're as, you really think so? I swear to God. They give it up like black people, but, yeah. they don't, but, they're, but they're very quiet and respectful like white people. So it's like the perfect melody. <laughs> they listen like white, like white people and they they And ex- they give and they they laugh. See, that's when you don't say, see, that's a difference in black and white too. Because, you know, black, white people can sit still and laugh. You guys can just sit there and yeah. just laugh. Black people, we got to get up. <laughs> you guys got to yeah, get, get up. Get each and, other. You know, you go, you've been to a fight, you know. You got to grab something. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. No one will love you like a black audience. And nobody will hate you like a black audience. Well, a black audience will hate you. And they... 
will tell you. And they'll tell you. And, and they'll be funnier than you while they're doing it. Well, yes. and, but that's what's so good about working in New York City because, like I said, I was work, working Catch a Rise and Storm one night and the dude said to me, he said, you suck, shut it out of the audience. That's when I became me. And I'm going, dude, you think I suck tonight? <laughs> you should have been, <laughs> <laughs> been here last night, dude. I was really bad. That's where I really started And that's actually where you sort of realized, yeah, like, oh, that's been, the sort of shit yeah. I should be doing? So right. you, you got to really um, be comfortable on stage. And, and if, you, if you bomb, you just get back up to tomorrow. That's what it's like Dave used to say. You can tell how funny someone is by how they bomb. How they yeah, bomb. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel existentially, uh, you know, uh, put upon when you bomb or do you just say uh, it's another day at the office there's uh no i like i'll go like something's there's an illness in me Mm -hmm. there's some sort of spiritual illness that they were reading that i can't that i need to get rid of right Uh, and i I know that feeling for sure and like i once i get rid of that then i'll never bomb again or i need to i didn't prepare correctly well then jerry always says that go what did you just say prepare prepare yeah that's the number one that's first of all you got to be prepared before you hit that stage that's that's when you will have if you don't plan what you're mm-hmm. preparing you can go down Pre- preparation is the most important thing you can do so what do you do to prepare well i still even have, now even you, now you i have did a show yellow, every night in vegas i go I walk out with a yellow pad just on my stage that yellow pad is there i still go over my jokes like if i had to do a show now i haven't done a show in two weeks Dude, I'm lost. I got to look over the whole pad. I got to do everything I got to do. And I got to write down things. I got to go, what happened yesterday in the news? Uh, Maya Angelou died. I got to bring right. that up. I got to do all of that stuff, you know? And when you started, who were your heroes at that time? Who did at you and Jerry time. look up to? Well, Richard Pryor, we were definitely, he was the king at that time. But he was the contemporary king, right? Yeah, but when I started, I'm old. I like the guy. You don't know this guy. You never met this guy. Can Richard. I guess? Go ahead. Is he black or white? He's white. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Godfrey Cambridge. Oh, he was good, was he not? Yeah. Yeah, but it was Red Skelton. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Red Skelton. And, um, uh, and I learned from, uh, well, then there was all the black comedians, too. Uh, Judge Pickmeat Markham. You know, uh, Sammy Davis used to do the bit, here come the judge, here come the judge. Well, that was taken from uh, Judge Pickmeat Markham. Okay, and he had Mom's Maybelline. Of course, you all heard of Mom's Maybelline. Yeah, Whoopi right. just did a story on her. Yeah, and so uh, and did you it, see her live? Yes, I did. I got and to what see was she like? Georgia. As a she was an older lady. She was very funny. She's out of a um, New York City, and she was a character. She had no teeth in her mouth, and and she just could. T- she she told really just little jokes, but there was a time, you know, he told she told a joke like Jack and Jill went up the hill and each had a dollar and a quarter. When they came down, Jill had two fifty and. They didn't go up for water. So that was blue back in the right, day. You know, right. That was dirty back in the day. But so it turns out Dice stole from Dice's mom's, mom's Maybelline. Dice Clay Dice did the did same that? joke. Okay. Sort yeah. of, yeah. Yeah. Little boy blue. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. So it wasn't, what you're saying is mom's Maybelline wasn't like a, the murderer that you hear she might have been. And when you saw her, she wasn't like, was she killing? She was destroying. Like, okay, she was destroying. She, was, she okay. was king. She was one of the top comedians of all time. She was uh, probably on Merv Griffin more than anybody. Oh, uh, okay. She came out as a as a as a poor little black lady, and she just tell the jokes and uh, do some uh, check her out. Uh, Whoopi just did a, a remake. I yeah, saw, yeah, I saw that. No, yeah. I, I saw it. It's good. So check her out. Always uh, learn about Mums Maybe and I had people like Martha Ray and then Joan Rivers and unfortunately, not only prejudice. Uh, uh, at the Joan time, Rivers but, is a fucking murderer. Right. Joan yes, Rivers is so goddamn funny. Sure. And, and, and unfortunately, America will only let one lady reign at a time. Right. I don't know why still today. You had your Joan Rivers. You had Lily Tallman. Then you had Joan Rivers and Roseanne. And um, 
who was it now? Then you had uh, Ellen. Ellen. And then you had, uh, what's the name? Uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. But it's only like one at a yeah. time. When you're going to have like It used to be like Sarah that with Silverman. black dudes. Sarah Silverman right now. Right now, Sarah Silverman. It used to be like that with black dudes, too. Well, you're right. Richard, then Eddie, yeah. then right. Chris. Yes, yeah. I think Spike that has Lee cracked. Con- quali- I, I, it has. But it's, yeah. it, but it's still, it's still like Kevin Eddie. Hart. And then, here's the thing. There was Eddie, and then Spike became the, the spokesman for black people. Uh-huh. And then Chris right. took over for Chris, Spike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Dave took over for Chris. Mm-hmm. And then they, and then Kevin Hart took Kevin over Hart for... Right yeah. So that's why I quit Las Vegas, so I can become that young guy again. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm new. I am brand new. I'm starting all over, and I got it going on. I'm I'm gonna have fun no matter what. I go on stage. You can't bomb anymore. I can just go and I can try out jokes and and I am a professional and I can turn it on when I want to turn it on. And it's always about having fun. The way you did your Vegas show was interesting, though. Will you tell tell people about that? The way you, with the theater and the you didn't you buy the theater? Well, I own I own the show. Not many. I'm very. Um, most people, most entertainers, comedians, singers, they work for the hotel. They get a check every week, no matter what. I went in and said, I've never worked for anybody. You know, I did the commissions on the, on the advertising on the buses. I did commissions selling rags. So I said, let me go You were on a lot of buses in Vegas, weren't you? Yeah, I did that. I put myself on buses. A, a lot of benches, crazy. too. A lot that's, of benches. Taxi, taxi cabs. I remember your face. I, I mean, in, I knew yeah. who you were, of Airport. course. But I had the, if you don't know me, he had the number one 10 o'clock show on the strip. Is that right? For ten years, you not you did not know that Moshe. You should have come to see. That me. was no, also. I knew. I mean, I knew you were. Did doing you ever the show. come to see me work? I, I didn't see the Vegas show. Well, I'm the guy. It was Vegas like it used to be. Used to be anybody walk into the room, any great comedian walk into the room, you're doing some time. Oh really? Doing, oh oh yes. cool. You're going on that stage. If I knew you could handle it, you know. Yeah. But I would never embarrass. I had a friend of mine doing comedy for like six months, and he said, "I, I thought you was my friend. I thought you wouldn't even let me go on the stage." I said, "Dude." These people paid a hundred dollars to see me, and if I put somebody on stage, you got to be—they're representing me. You got to be a pro, you know. And, but you and, were a pro at six months, remember? Well, Reverend, this guy, this guy is not—it's a, <laughs> a different six months. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the worst thing time. in the world when you go to Las 70s. Vegas, you got an international audience. The worst thing you go, you can do in the world is go up and bomb because it makes. I, do you I, have? I, do you find those audiences different? Like, do you do you approach most audiences the same, or do you go up like this is a Vegas audience? Let me do this. Uh, now I've gotten to the point where I don't know the difference. I, I've gotten to the point where I know I'm doing the show. I'm in charge here. This is my this is my room. And when I was, I was in Detroit last week at the Fox Theater, six thousand people. I make it local, you know, and then uh, just take them there. And I can take the local Las Vegas. You, you, what you do if you're a real comedian, you can make any joke work for any. So, right. So even after after 28 years, you're saying that's said 38. 38 no, no, no. Years. I'm saying 28 when you Ten started years. in in Vegas. Yes. You became even after all that time. You became even another level of comedian by doing that many totally, shows. Totally. Because I was I was entertaining people from all over the world. Like two months ago, I had uh, 10 people walk in from Kuwait. People come in from Singapore. People come in from all over the world. And the Japan, and I'm entertaining these people. And at least I addressed them. I, one time I was on stage at Caesar's Palace. Uh, 1,300 seats, and at least 400 people were not laughing. You can tell where that section is. Yeah, it feels something like a speaker is, Something isn't is working. not happening. Yeah. What is going on over here? Why are you people not laughing? They were all from Japan. They had no idea what I was saying. Why so were all of they a sudden there? I went, 
they they wear Caesar's Palace with gamas and they put them in. And so I started saying, uh, I did I did some oh I started doing some Japanese moves and uh, uh, a little tough, karate, little, whatever. Yeah, and then you they started feel laughing it peppering to up. make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You caught you killed the dolphin from India. And they said he was from New Delhi, and I just did simple shit like that. We got New Delhi right in the back, right in the back. You know, little things like that just make people comfortable, right? And they would appreciate you, you know. And so that's yeah. why. I don't feel bad going all over the world. I don't care. I'll work in front of any audience. And do you feel like you've maximized your ability or you still feel like you're a new guy, so you still feel like I, there's you have more there's there's un, un parts of yourself performance-wise that you haven't tapped. Neil, I'm so new. It's, it's amazing. I am so new. Uh, um, I can't wait to get up on that stage and with that yellow pad and and try out these new jokes today because I'm thinking about today. I want to some things that happened. I got in a taxi, and so many things can happen to you know the taxi driver. It's, I've gotten in a taxi, and the guy is driving down the freeway, and he's like punching the gas, and he's only going to go not even one, not even one block. Yeah, just just, just not even one car. Back back, and it makes you sick after a while. And yep. Like, oh, would you please stop it? You're making me sick back here. Just, just, just ease. You know, you're not gonna go anywhere. So I got to do a joke on that. And I know that happens. And every time you get in a taxi cab, especially if you're going to the airport, taxi cab goes the wrong way. You just think, no, why didn't he take the bridge over here? Right. It doesn't matter. So I got to make that funny somehow, some way. I got to make a. I got to make it funny about New York City. Everybody doesn't love your dog. I got to do that. You know? I got to do something on that. So. Yeah, so you're like the Terminator. I mean, all comics in some way are like the Terminator. You know, with the little co- scanning eye, like everywhere you're looking, you're like, what about this? What about this? So what do about you, this? you see it as a material thing and not necessarily like you need to make yourself as funny as possible. Meaning, I, like, do you see, are you tinkering with yourself or you're tinkering with the material? First of all, I'm tinkering with, with, with me. First of all, this is my sex. And this is my drugs. I'd rather go on stage than anything else. So I, I don't know. It's material and it's me. It's all it's because I, I, I sleep comedy. I drink comedy. I love comedy. And there's nothing better to do than to walk on stage. And, and, and laugh, laughter is the greatest medicine in the world. And as I said in the book, laughter is free medicine. So I encourage people to overdose on laughter and then keep laughter in the reach of children. And, and if you start laughing for over four hours, then you call your doctor <laughs> and give the doctor the same prescription so the doctor can laugh with you. That's how important laughter is. Laugh. Do you know I found something about comedy that you can't even smile without feeling better? That's true. Uh, yeah, you, they've can't done even, studies. you can't even fake a smile without yeah, feeling better. They've done studies. Now, yes. are, are you single? Yes, I am. And have you been primarily single through your career? No, I've been totally single. Totally single. Yeah, totally. Do single. you feel like you've sacrificed, like because you say comedies, your sex and your drugs? Do you feel like you've sacrificed on those parts of the human experience in order to be? I always think about that, like Pagliacci, you, you know, like the clown that's performing sure. but crying. You know, what but I, mean? I no, I'm, I'm I'm the most blessed person you ever met. You I, I am positive. the most successful. I'm also the most successful comedian you ever met. It's not how much money you make. It's how you enjoy your life while you're right. living. Nobody has enjoyed the life. I got anything. I can retire tomorrow. I can do anything I want to do. I just, you know, I, my sister had kids, four kids. I helped raise those kids and put them through college and all. And uh, I just, I just, if I die tomorrow, the world owes me nothing. Do you have any memories of looking back on 38 years of like the funniest, weirdest moments, the best moments that you can look oh, back on? I was talking about that yesterday because telling you that, black people like to say I'm blessed. I was at right. Dr. Martin Luther King's funeral. Okay, I went to uh, Robin Island. I was in the cell where Nelson Mandela was incarcerated. Okay, when were you? So, what were you doing at Martin Luther King's funeral? Uh, a set, right? I, I'm, I'm born. 
They're talking about, talk about bombing. I was trying to remember the, I was trying to remember the speech. <laughs> I've been to the top of the mountain. I look over, uh, and I didn't see shit. Uh, <laughs> so no, I uh, I'm from Atlanta, born, raised in Atlanta, and then he lived across the street from my. Uh, and, and Dr. Martin Luther King was very important in my day and time. I was going Did you know him at all? Had you met him? Did not know him personally, but I knew the family because they lived across the street from right. mine. But I said I, I left Akron University and went down to the funeral. Their lawn well, was fucked up, right? Because Martin, Martin Luther King's family's lawn was never – go ahead. Their lawn – they just Martin wasn't around to mow the lawn. Fuck it. He was on the road. It Guys, was, they're well, not yeah, all going to be gems. I've had some hot ones. I, I don't support, have to no, – look, right. I don't have to explain myself to <laughs> no, people. He's attacking you. He has to explain himself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I just fed out sucked a lot. So you said you were at Martin Luther King's funeral, funeral? Nelson Mandela's uh, cell. I know. I, met, I was at the White House with President Bill Clinton in the White House, okay? Have you ever been to the White House, Moshe? I mean, I've been you around You need to it. shut the fuck up if All you right. haven't been in there, okay? Okay. I went in the White House. I you know. better not ask me that. You might not like the answer. Have, have you ever been in the White House? Yeah. What? With Oh, excuse me, George. With a black president. Go on. Go on. You go ahead with your white presence. I'm going to stick with black ones. Go ahead, George. <laughs> Has a black president ever been to your show? Ooh. Oh, shit. Oh, Punk ass. Shit. Come on, come on, come on. This Has hurts. a black president ever been to your show? Every night at my show, President Barack Obama up on screen with me. And he says to me, it's good. It came back to me four times with the Secret Service to shake my four times. And he said to me, you look younger since the last time I saw you. And I said, I wish I could say the same thing about you. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, President Clinton, President Carter. Um, great things in my life. Uh, uh, last year, I was at Maya Angelou's 85th birthday party. Great. Oprah oh, wow. gave a party for her. 85, the greatest party I've ever been to in my life. Last year. Just the most people, beautiful setting. It was all people, just rich people from all over America, Gail King and everybody. And, and it was all uh, just wine and whiskey on every table. But nothing but gospel music. I don't know, gospel right. music. Everybody's going to heaven, but everybody. The spirit was moving up in there. I don't know whether it was Jack Daniel's spirit or the Holy Spirit, <laughs> but it was moving up in there, and I did that. And that's another thing. I've been all over the world. Like I say, right now I'm working for the Pentagon, giving back to the troops all over the world. That's a touching moment. Um, uh, uh, What's the nicest thing anybody's ever done for you? What's the nicest thing you've ever done for somebody? Oh, my God. Oh, is that the greatest question in the world? What's the nicest thing I've ever done for anybody? Oh, I think showing up every night and just giving people uh, – uh, a moment of um, joy. Forget their bills. Forget their re- relationship like, problems. Doing and this comedy. Could happen. Doing comedy. You know that's funny. That the worst thing that Neil's ever done for anybody is showing up and doing. Just showing up doing, doing, doing it's comedy. Weird. It's small yeah. world. It's just it, a different it's small world. Small world. <laughs> <laughs> did you know Robin Harris? Yeah, I did know. I did know Robin Harris. As a matter of fact, I was just watching him his special the other night, and uh, I knew him. I just all of the comedians I knew. I got a chance to watch, like I say, Richard Pryor work out. Uh, you knew Eddie when he did. You I knew Eddie. You know, are you friends? Did you consider, consider Eddie a friend Eddie's or just a great sort of a friend? Uh, we didn't go up at the. Uh, he was starting when I left. Yes, right. I, yeah, and uh, and he went on to do a great job. Very good guy. Yeah, good friend. And like I said, I did Arsenio. I did it tonight. And it's not a TV show. I didn't do. And uh, I've been blessed. You know. Yeah, you must. And you don't uh, have to worry. You know what? You don't have to worry about it. Just always just think that uh, you're enjoying life. You don't have to be everybody. Anderson is a good, great example. Anderson Cooper and Jerry Seinfeld were talking the other day, and we were talking about is it better to be famous or is it better to be rich? And then the conversation went on and on. I had to stop and say, listen, it's better to be a person in my situation. Both of you are rich, both of you are famous, you know? Both of you are rich, both of you are famous. I'm in the best situation. Enough people know me to satisfy my ego to say, hey, George Wallace, is yeah. walking the streets. But neither of you can go pee. 
Yeah. It's true. You can't go pee. The cameras are on you no matter what you do. Right. And I can do anything. You know, both of you can do. I may not have as much money, but I got enough money to do anything I want to do. Yeah. That is pretty much perfect. You probably got more money than than, uh, Anderson Cooper. Dude. Dude. He's a Vanderbilt. Said oh, again. right. I can't, I can't believe what he just said. <laughs> no, right. no, no, I thought about it. I forgot about that. I support you. I support you. He's just I he's fucked a Vanderbilt. Up. Yeah. But, but I, 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 I got money. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. You're right, though. That you're, you, are at the, you're, you have the perfect amount of fame and yeah. fortune. And you have to know who you are, too. You, know, you, have, to know, you have to be comfortable with yourself. You know? And the first thing you have to do is say that I'm happy. I enjoy what I do. And, 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 uh, and just make people laugh. You don't have to be a comedian's comedian. Some people worry about it. He's a comedian's comedian. Well, well what the fuck? What the fuck I got to make a comedian laugh? What about the masses? My job is to make everybody I can laugh. He's not saying the thing you were <laughs> Saying Neil and I what were happened? Having, nothing. Neil and I have been arguing. Something happened. Neil and I just something are, happened. Neil no, and I. Are, I'm a populist. You're populist. Yeah. Okay, so I believe in you can make the best comedian is generally the most popular. Best comedian generally. And my, my opinion is that there's bands like Van Halen, and yeah. there's bands like you know, uh, you, you know, like. I'm trying to think of the shins or something yeah. like that. And they're just different. One's always going to be, and obviously Van Halen is the best and yes. they're the biggest, but the, that doesn't disqualify the small That's true. artistic That is whatever. so true. That's all. That right. is so true. So you both are right. I would say just don't be smug about it if you're I, the shins. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but see, what you got to know is that there's an audience for everybody. You right. know, some people don't like Andrew Dice Clay. Okay, but when he was hot, he was hot, and he filled the, the Madison Square. I Garden. think he's like, funny to you me. Put buses in, you put asses in the seats. I'll tell you what, I wasn't a com- huge comedy fan growing up when I was a little kid. The one, I had Delirious, but the other comedy album we had was The Dice Man Cometh. Or yeah. Is that yes. the one? Yeah. That, that. Well, that's the thing I'll say about you is like your uh, money, fame, all that stuff. You are preternaturally happy. You're oh, just a totally. happy guy. I'm totally happy. Never had the blues? Never had the blues. For real? It's been good some day one. Man, I went to college. I went to college, and I, uh, uh, within two years, well, actually, the first quarter, I was like dorm, what do you call it, RA? We used to call it uh, Florissant. Yeah, RA, Florida, yeah. yeah. Within a quarter, my ass was in, uh, you're not supposed to do that until you're a junior. And I must have paid, I was in school, and my first degree is in transportation, second degree is in marketing and advertising, and I bet you I paid no more than two to $4,000 at the most. Come to New York, working, in, like I said, in the advertising industry. And, yeah. And, and and then going to to, to Los Angeles and, and uh, on stage and then writing a Red Fox show for ABC. And, oh, did you work on that? Uh, yeah, I worked on the Red Fox. Were you Fox there show. when he died? No, the he that was what was he I died like a, he died like in the nineties. But because did he, he die on he, set? He did die on set. I don't know why I wasn't there because I worked a show called the Red Fox Show that was after Sanford and Son. Right, and uh, he was doing a new show. And he died on the set. And, uh, yeah, I heard he like. But he came they were back in, doing a take. He said, "I don't feel well." Went behind the set and had a heart attack. And if you're supposed to life. drop dead, that's what you're supposed. You're supposed to drop dead doing what you like. Yeah, right. that sounds right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. Like I, you know, you're to me, you're something to aspire to. Not like just as a comedian, but as a like you're really happy. I buy it. I don't feel like you're pretending. Oh, I'm not pretending, and that's what I teach young people today. Uh, make sure you enjoy your life. I teach college kids that, too. That's my speech when I speak to college. Make sure you enjoy your life. Just because you have a degree in marketing, it doesn't mean you've got to do statistical analysis the rest of your life. You might enjoy arranging flowers or fixing refrigerators or painting cars. So whatever you do, honor your essence. Go out there and show people you love what you do, and the money will come. 
Just make sure you enjoy what you do. Whatever you enjoy that makes you happy in life, that's what you should be doing for a living. Yeah. 10-4. On that note. Roger. Uh-huh. On that note. 10-4. You don't know Roger. That was, you used to say Roger before. Roger 10-4. That's a big Roger. Uh, on this whole episode, that was a great conversation. George, George you were, Henry. You were a good man. Henry Wallace. <laughs> George Henry. You yeah. don't know me well enough to call me okay. Henry. George it is. Fucking Mosher. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I got a fake name, too. Great George Wallace. The great George, the great George Wallace, ladies minute, and gentlemen. We, we, didn't Find start him. we didn't start yet, did we? Uh, yeah. We did well, the, you'll we come did back. The, we did, the, we did the, the broadcast already? The podcast it's already? Over, yeah, it's over. We didn't talk about anything. I know. That That's you, what we did. You fucked up. Go to uh, at is it Mr. George Wallace? Or? Mr. Listen to me. At Mr. George Wallace, I want you to do that right now. At Mr. George Wallace, I need a million followers by what is this? 2014 by 2016, I need a million followers. Is Legit. that a long time? Legit, no, it's doable. George is one of the funniest. Because I'm starting to work right it's now. True. Right it's the truth. I'm starting yeah. to work right now, so I'm starting to get out. I'm starting to do all of the shows. Like when the last week I've done the View, I did Steve Harvey, I did all this stuff in the last month. So I'm starting to get it back out there. Well, all right. So now you've done the Champs, which is a bigger deal than you bigger think. Than Let me tell you, the no Champs idea. are the Champs. Don't ever forget that. I will never the champs will. Champs. Here's the thing: the Squarespace.com slash Champs. champs. And audiblepodcast.com. Audible but what you need to do is call Harry's. You now, gotta Harry's. Go to Harry's. <laughs> you got to call Harry's. Harry's. Get yourself a nice, smooth shave. <laughs> you can shave your balls I with Harry's. I got to pee so bad. All right. He's got All right. George Wallace, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Do thank we get paid for doing this? No, home? sir. Well, fuck you guys then, okay? <laughs> fuck you, Harry. Fuck you, uh, Mosier. Fuck you, uh, Neil. And fuck me, too, for coming. <laughs> Now you're fucking with the champs.